0: Welcome to A Pipe With Nature. It's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men no more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. Gonna take a lot to do the things things we never never had. had. Beautiful. Beautiful. Welcome to another episode of A Pint with Nature. Very nice singing there, Sorrel. Oh, imagine. Is that really you? We're
1: not envisioning you. Hold on. I know. Uh, I know. I know. It's unbelievable. Yes, that
0: is right. Our loyal listeners, our lovely listeners, I might add. There's uh, something slightly different about this week's podcast, and that is that you might notice that mine and Cyril's sound quality is for once the same, which is quite a miracle to be honest, because it's the one thing that's maybe been laying us down a little bit. Yeah. And yes, that's right, Cyril did just touch me on the arm. Cyril <laughs> <laughs> did actually just touch me in person, because that's right, <laughs> we are doing our first ever in-person podcast recording. Here Yay. We are. But that isn't the only special thing about that this week's episode, because that's right, we have our first special guest of season two, and he's here in person, Mister Aiden James. Hey, Woo! Hey, yeah, hey, you're not supposed to hey, applaud Aiden hey. James. You're not, you're not supposed to. That wasn't yourself, me. Man. No, that no, was that Something was else. the audience. Your fans, they just follow yeah. you around. Yeah, they're all they here. Just follow you around. My mum, yeah. my dad, yeah. yeah, that's
1: about it.
0: Yeah, so, they're in the background. No, so Aiden over here, he is. A good friend of Sorrel and mine. Mm. And it is perfect, really, that he's in on this episode because we first met Aiden on a trip to South Africa. We did. Over, we were a year ago. over a year ago. Over a year ago. It, it, I tell yeah, you what, ago. I can't even remember time without you, my friend. Oh,
2: uh, it's special. And also, I am the number one fan of uh Pint Nature podcast. Mm. The
0: reason it is particularly perfect that Aidan is joining us on this adventure this week is because we are in fact looking into the nature of South Africa over a few drinks of, if you hadn't guessed by the name, Bex. Uh, yeah yeah slight bit, issues bit of slight an, issues. Bit slight of an issues. issue Man, would you
1: like to issues. would you one of you like to explain please not me okay well uh, i guess that by default that means me then so we went to tesco knowing that super- we went to a supermarket uh, oh mm, yeah, yeah not sponsored by tesco You're not sponsored by tesco yet yeah yeah we're waiting on sponsor we? us tesco yeah <laughs> nah if i had to pick a supermarket to sponsor us it wouldn't be Tesco. Lidl. It'd be Lidl, yeah. Little, yeah, Lidl. straight up. Great middle aisle. Yeah. Shout out to the middle aisle. The middle of Lidl. It's a super a Portuguese beer, but bock, like the spring of South Africa, we thought we'd make a really great link there. Perfect. But we went to Tesco, and they ran out, of course, because their stock day is Wednesday at 10pm, and, of course, it's a Wednesday, and we got
0: there at 5pm, 5, five hours too early for the input, so... We yeah. would sometimes wait for you, our lovely listeners, but we've only got Aidan here for one night only... We had to basically sacrifice. make a substitute beer, yeah. didn't we? I'm so, oh, sorry. Yeah. But to cut a long story short, <laughs> we tried to come up with the best possible substitute. And that's right, we're not having Super Bock, but we are having Super... Bex. 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 Without a super. super. Minus the Super. Minus the Super. Just Bex. Yeah. But it'll have to do. But yeah. in the meantime, I think this week we will still give some pretty cool facts about the beer Super Bock. Because, after all, it is the winner. Of 30 consecutive gold medals in the prestigious international competition Monday Selection. And it is internationally nationally recognised, apparently for its high quality. I've never, never heard of that position. No. No. Yeah, Alright, right, well, let's not belittle the company that we're drinking this with, so, I think... Or not drinking. I think by the fact they've called their beer
1: Superbok already gives them enough prestige that they can get away with. Because they could have just called themselves Bok.
2: Yeah, Bok got ruined. But, yeah. Yeah, Super started and... Super box, you're already
0: like, oh, that's a super. Pretty super, but they were first invented in 1927 and first advertised in 1967 under the slogan, Mm. "The beer that goes beyond your own expectations." Mm. Pretty dramatic, right? And during the 1970s, the first distribution network from Lisbon was produced, which only involved 12 vans. 12 delivery vans deliver all that lovely super bock. And it was, in the end, the first brand in 1995 that was used to name a Portuguese music festival. The first Portuguese brand, I should say, to name a music festival. So the
1: first Portuguese brand to name a Portuguese music festival or the first Portuguese brand to name a...
0: Worldwide Music Festival. Worldwide Music Festival, my wow. friend. So, and it's quite the Festival. Probably based in Portugal, I guess. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but despite the fact that we are in fact drinking a Portuguese beer, mm. as was mentioned earlier, this week we are talking about South Africa. Because of, of course, the association with the Springbok. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think of when you think of Springboks? I can imagine what you're going to say, Cyril.
1: Yeah, so... Rugby, first comes to mind, Mm. right? It's the nickname of the rugby team. and I mean, Springboks are very fast antelope. Mm. And I tell you what, South Africa rugby team have some very fast wingers.
0: Yes, Sorrel, you are right, though, about the fact that Springboks are very fast. Yeah. In fact, they're in the top 10 fastest land animals. Oh, wow. And they can reach speeds, it's believed, of up to 60 miles per hour. Which, of course, is important because one of their main predators is the cheetah. Cheetah, who's, yeah... Pretty pretty quick, cheaters. Famously speedy. Famously yeah. speedy, exactly. Yeah. But of course, I guess the thing you'd most associate with the springbok would be its jumping, right? Its spring. Its springiness. It's pretty springy. It's pretty springy. Well, yeah, was, spring comes first over bok, right? So mm. yeah, bok second. Bok second, bok second yeah. spring first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but how high do you think a springbok can jump? Four. Three Four, three, four. 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 four, three, four. Centimeters? They...
2: <laughs> no large i reckon i don't know they look really springy they've got like uh they've got very springy legs yeah. and uh, they have a spring in the name so i'd go relatively high four no two meters two meters i'll go four meters then. if you
0: can give it in feet that would be perfect
2: oh the classic yeah i'm nature conversion <laughs> um we still can't do it i think maybe maybe six feet six
0: feet ten feet Ooh. Oddly enough, they can jump between 6.5 and 9 feet. So you're both pretty quick. We did it. Yeah, I think we, we did, did it together. together. Between, between, it, between you, you did it. Nice. Nature. That's a, that's a high five. Oh, our first in-person high five. For the high listeners high at fashion. home. Nice. That noise was a high five. Your hands are really sweaty.
1: I don't miss this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs> but yeah, and when they do leap like this, this series of leaps that Springbok does, it's not actually known what it's for. People think it might be as a warning. But it's got a name. It's got a really cool name. And that is pronking. Ponking. Pronking. Pronking with an R. Pronking. P R O N K I N G. P-r-o-n-k-i-n-g. pronking. When they're leaping like over and over and over again. So, and, but it is thought that maybe it shows like the strength of an animal and therefore puts predators off and also attracts mates and stuff. But it's not 100% known. To finish off talking about Springbok. I mean, first of all, I'd like to explain the name Springbok. The word spring... Springbok. More like autumn forward. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, a little good. daylight
0: savings joke there, guys. No, no, it's, it's nice, nice, not. Like no, it. no, but the name spring in Afrikaans and Dutch means to jump, and bok means antelope, deer, or goat. So it literally means the antelope, deer, or goat that jumps. It means springbok.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Spring is...
0: Spring
2: Spring in English, and then Bok is Bok in English as well, so it means Springbok.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, if that didn't impress you, let me tell you that the Springbok has a pocket-like flap of skin on their rump, which conceals a white crest. Quite dramatic, right? And they can erect this Mm. flap of skin and expose white crest, and this can basically send a message to other members of the group to say that predators are nearby,
1: oh. and the reason I think
0: it's particularly interesting is I was talking to someone the other day who can, <laughs> can do the same thing. No, we were talking about what if humans could do the same thing with a flap of skin like a pocket, and saying what if over time humans evolved to have a natural face mask, so like a pocket of skin like uh, that's like underneath your your chin, you can just like pull up oh.
2: like a face mask. Right, we. I mean, that'd be perfect in Corona, wouldn't that? That's what I mean. That's yeah, will, yeah, it, will yeah. it evolve?
0: That's what I mean. Oh, I hope so.
2: You hope so? Well, actually, I don't. Because that means like there'll be many, many years of corona, like millions of years. Of yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: yeah. also, imagine cleaning that skin Would bucket. Be. That'd be pretty gross. Be be. There you go. Spring box. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. And the topic of this week's episode, of course, but more specifically. They are super box. They, are. they mm. are super box. Super becks. Super becks, yeah. Very well superbex. done. Super becks. I've got another super
1: beck for you. The gems box. Gemma's So obviously, we've figured out by now, Bok means antelope slash... Deer or goat. Slash deer or goat. Mm. So actually, we have no idea what it is. Could be an antelope, deer or goat. They all seem pretty different to me in the UK anyway, but... Please tell me. An antelope is, I think, a bit more agile, I think, if I could phrase it myself.
2: Yeah, I feel like I could catch a goat, but I don't think I could catch an antelope. Yeah,
1: yeah. And a deer, I think, is that middle ground where they're just a bit... Puffier. On a good day, I could do a dip. So I think it's that scale of uh, agility, almost. In, so my, in my eyes, that, that's the distinguishing factor. I don't. In terms of biology, no, because when they were naming these species, I don't think they went. Uh, oh, could they even uh, catch that could, one? Could, On could Sorrow catch this <laughs> animal? Yes, maybe. No, I don't think they went antelope, deer, goat. You know, I don't think it was like that. But they should have. They should have, because I think that's a good way for like phrasing it. But
0: what's the deer you're talking? The antelope you're talking about, Sorrow?
1: Yeah, that would, It'd be the gemsbok. Oh maybe the Gemsbok. <laughs> Which is another large antelope, a bit like this brimbock, but it's it's much larger, roams Rome South Africa. So it can actually survive huge periods without any sort of water. But their most unique characteristic is that usually antelope have horns that are sort of spiraled or, you know, some sort of artistic shape. But Gemsbok have long, straight horns and it's for a particular reason, it's against lions as a predator, so that they can almost use it as a joust, like we would know, like King uh, Arthur and what's his name, Lancelot. Uh, was he even That's the exactly. king? Is that
0: where the name Lance
1: comes from? Oh. He used to use it a lot. I think he was a gem actually. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Lance a lot. Yeah. I've never thought of I've never thought of that. No, me
2: neither. It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? When you it think is, about, like, yeah,
1: yeah, it's a bit it's in your face, but because it's right. so in your face it's almost hidden in your face like you sort of sniff over it, sort of. Right thing. like a gem box, not. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Out of their face. Yeah.
1: Very good, sorry. Yeah. It's for obviously lancing a lion, so it's for lancing the predator, just like head on straight first, sort of things. But yeah, really cool. Really cool. As another you know, it's another thing. So for the buck. Yeah. Talk about their horns. Because their horns are pretty incredible. They've mm-hmm. got those different types of horns.
2: Well, I mean, that sounds like a very unique to South Africa species.
1: Mm. And I've got another
2: one. Um, in fact, very unique to South Africa. Endemic, in fact. And it's actually endemic to a very specific region. Table Mountain. Oh, okay, yes, Not yes. Tabletop Mountain, as we thought in South Africa. Yeah, we thought asked to get there By the, yeah. uh, the taxi driver. Yeah. Um, and he said where? He said where? What are you talking about? Yeah. Which is a bit obvious, obviously you meant Table Mountain, but here we are. It's surrounded by chair mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Anyway, so, uh, moving on. There's uh, Rose's Ghost Frog. Uh, That's a great name. It's a great name. What's it, Roses? Roses. So I assume someone called Rose named it. Uh, Uh, I think it's also called Table's Ghost Frog, but I like Roses. Even no. though it is from Table Mountain. Tabletops goes frog. Exactly. Or we'd call it, if we had to name it, we'd call it Table Tabletops Tops, yeah. goes frog. But yeah, it's a very restricted range. It's literally only at Table Mountain. Wow. On the slopes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it lives, uh, the tadpoles live in permanent streams there. Um, but they are a little bit at risk, sadly, as most creatures are these days. Yeah. Um. The uh, There's some pine plantations which are risking the rivers of drying up but I think as they're so endangered and they're critically endangered actually by a hopefully uh, they'll be protected but yeah I think they're very important I think it'd be lovely to keep them
1: are they endangered because of their small range to begin with right because you know there's different characteristics for what endangers a species are they in danger because of their were they were they happy as Larry but they were just living in a small range and then because humans come along easily destroyable Yeah. I or think were it's... they more widespread and we've reduced them to Table Mountain yeah
2: I think uh, they were pretty much just Table Mountain before, um, but they are at extra risk because of the tourism at Table Mountain at the moment. Right, right. You know, humans can endanger things. Yeah, yeah.
0: And there's a lot in Table Mm. Mountain right now. Mm. Unfortunately, we maybe endangered some animals of our own when we went over there because we were collecting quite a lot of specimens. And uh, of course, we were staying in the, the Finbos region of South Africa. Which is a very special region because of course you guys might remember it's it's one of the few regions on earth that is preserved because of fire. 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 Nice. Nice. Without fire, you would have the different diversity of plants there quickly sort of going into higher sort of being forests basically. And the sort of lower level shrubs that are famous in the Fimbos region, if you don't know it, look at up it, it's beautiful, mm. would quickly get destroyed. And of course, the Fimbos region leads straight into Forest, which hasn't been destroyed by fire. You might remember Neisna, which has got the southernmost, potentially the southernmost, population of elephants in the world. And unfortunately, when we went together, we did not see any elephants. And I guess that's probably a good reason for that. Well, when, I remember when
1: we went, the guide that took us through, he said that there had only been in the past 10 years, there had only been two elephants spotted in this forest. And that's two elephants in the past 10 years. But there was evidence that there had been some there, because...
2: Wait, 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 sorry. Elephants in the forest? That's crazy! That's crazy. <laughs> no?
0: Yeah, well, actually, Aidan, they would. Well, actually, they were driven in there by colonies that invaded South Africa, you might remember, and hunted them in their natural sort of prairies and therefore drove them into the forest for shelter. And actually, it's not actually two that they think there's left. They actually think there might be only one elephant Mm. left in the whole of Nysna Forest. And you might think that's pretty sad. They should move it. But it's so adapted now for forest life that they think if they moved it to the savannas... It wouldn't survive. It wouldn't survive. Yeah, sad. Which is really, really sad.
1: But you know, you would think that once, if you moved a savanna South African elephant to a forest, it would it would thrive, right? Because there's suddenly an abundance of food that they usually would have to travel miles to find. But as you say, you know, you move a forest elephant to the savanna, now it's not got that abundance of food that it once had, so now it's stuck. Doesn't know how to migrate because it's used to finding food just on its doorstep. And, yeah, would essentially just, you know, run out of energy and, and fall and die.
0: Oh, wow. Sorrel? Yeah. Dark? I know. A bit well, dark for a pint with nature. I know. Well,
2: maybe you can move a savannah elephant, a nice looking savannah elephant, to the forest. Yeah. As a little, like, put on a date, maybe like a set up a table Blind with date a nice candle. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Some fancy Italian food. Yeah, and then we see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then Maybe we get some nice little forest elephants nice little forest running elephant around in a couple beans, of years yeah. or so. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'd like time. that. Yeah, yeah, good idea. What would be um, an elephant's favorite Italian food? You got
0: spaghetti. One. Imagine it would uh, be right. Uh, yeah, quickly, I was just thinking, how quickly oh, yeah. with these spaghetti, the whole yeah, thing yeah, instant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like yeah. that. It'd be like that scene, Lady <laughs> in the Trap. Right, no, but, what like I'll think? be sucking on one end, and the elephant will just like suck and suck, at, and then it'll like just take my head and just sort of I'll just go in with it. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, wow, God, I didn't realize you were sucking spaghetti with the elephant. I thought it was two elephants sucking spaghetti together. The elephant? Are, you, yeah, are you the you on the date? Are you yeah? You the elephant they have sent to to breed with the other elephant? Oh God, <laughs> what's happened? To her? There's a miscommunication in terms of delivery, hasn't there? They mistaken you for an elephant, and the... I have yeah. nothing to say. <laughs>
0: But you guys might remember that uh, we didn't just see some lovely land animals in South Africa. There was a particular ocean animal that we saw in quite a spectacular fashion. Do you remember? Yeah, you did a really good dive bomb into the pool. (laughs) memory. But other than me, there was one animal that made maybe a less significant splash, which was the southern right whale. But I'm going to tell you my favourite fact. I've ever learned about the southern right whale, and it might explain why it made such a big splash. And it might explain why the southern right whale is able to make a bigger splash than me, even. Because the southern right whale has the largest testicles of any animal in the entire world, and the testicles of the southern right whale can weigh up to 500 kilograms. It's too much. It's too much, isn't it's it? It's too much. Someone Wait, have a word. Both. Ah, surely. Oh, each. Each each. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> each. Five, three. Say that again? Five
2: thousand? Five 000, 500 five hundred kilograms. Oh
0: my thousand, god. Five thousand
2: <laughs> kilograms. <laughs> it was still, you're laughing, but that's still a ton of testicles. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a ton, <laughs> that's a ton of testicles. That's a ton of testicles. That's, that's, testicles. Of testicles. that's yeah. what I normally say, but I don't mean it. No. I mean
0: they can <laughs> weigh they weigh around forty tons alone. So one-fortieth of them, I guess, is testicle. That's, that's...
2: Oh. I don't, I, too fair, I've never imagined myself. Yeah, around. now this
0: is a scientific question, right? Right. How, how,
1: how much of a human is is testicle? Yeah. Is
2: that a normal amount of testicle or that, that, no?
1: Yeah, is that a, a
0: ratio? Oh, that surely is, that is, I'm not one-fortieth testicle. Well, not you, but me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you'd be one-fortieth testicle, guys. You don't? No. I think that'd be too heavy for you.
2: 110. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there was that guy. There was that guy. 10
1: stone testicle man, wasn't there? That's, that's a lot, wasn't it?
0: 10 stone?
1: Yeah, he what was that's... on uh, embarrassing bodies, I think, uh, at one stage over the past few years, and he had his testicles were 10 stone, right? That's a really... He 10 stone testicle. That's yeah. a really bad name, isn't it? Ten, 10 stone testicle
0: man. Imagine that was your superhero yeah. name.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, that was his first name, I think. that's what it was, <laughs> was of just... birth. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, nothing called him that.
0: Getting back to the the whales and away from the more horrible discussion that we're having over here. No, no, not horrible. Testicle. (laughs) The reason that they are called the southern right whale is actually a bit sad. The right, the right whale part, comes from the fact that during the more whaling times in human history, they were considered, because of their slow pace, the right whales to hunt. That's why they're called right whales.
2: Mm, not a whale of a time
0: no <laughs> nice <laughs> Yeah, but they are the fourth largest type of whale the, uh, oh, well. the right mm. whales there's the southern and the northern right whales the sort of subspecies of each other not even the medal no not even they don't even get bronze but do you reckon you can name the other the other three blue blue, blue. is the easy Obviously. one humpback no bigger than humpbacks they're bigger than wow. humpbacks wow. wow yeah I mean, I mean, there are probably some humpbacks that are some bigger than some... Average. Average yeah. size. Average, average size. Okay, size. fair, fair. Sperm? Sperm. Sperm, big ones. Is so one more we got to get? Yeah, but I, I have no idea. I'll give you a clue. It wouldn't be Norwegian. It wouldn't be Swedish. It'd Finnish. Be close. Danish. <laughs> <laughs> the fin whale. Fin whale. fin whale. Th- th- my tongue, th- I was saying that. your tongue. Finn whale. Second largest whale Thiff in the ocean. But southern right th- whale... Found in South Africa, found in but mostly actually in Argentina. It's the biggest population of mm. southern right whales. And, and they, they can live so up to 100 years old, it's believed.
1: It's old. Jealous. Pretty old. And really great you brought up a Argentinian whale during a South African episode. That was a, no. a really no. good segment to have.
2: Well, taking it back to South Africa, and uh, the most famous of endemic regions of South Africa, at least to us, is the Finbos region. We, yep. we like the Finbos region. That's where we went for our trip. And uh, it's an amazing region. It is. It's endemic for plenty of species. There's some amazing numbers there. I don't know what they are. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hotspot, hot hot biodiversity
0: hotspot, isn't it? Yeah, over 70% of its species are endemic or something like that. Something yeah, like? yeah, yeah, it's incredible. That,
2: yeah. But one of the most famous things, at least to the humble listener of the Finbos region, is uh, a type of tea, a Roybush tea, ah. or to some, a Red Bush tea. But think about why you know rooibos tea. That's because of tea companies who have spread the rooibos tea all across the world and the globe. Um, it's very famous now, as you probably know. But hundreds of years ago, centuries ago, um, the indigenous people of the Finbos region of, the, of South Africa were making rooibos tea. But, you know, as colonisation happened, it was they were pushed over onto the floor and they, their tea was nicked. <laughs> By uh, oh. people from our country, unfortunately, and yep. other countries as well, um, and their land was stolen where uh, the rooibos plant was that was used to make tea. But actually, in twenty ten, they fought back.
0: Oh, oh!
2: And they were back with a lawsuit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. they were. They were back with a lawsuit. They thought? went back to they went to the South African government. They sent a strongly worded letter. <laughs> never it's thought the they never do. thought they worked, but. Oh, it worked! Wow. Nine years later, legal battles, all that. Wow. And they've got a huge cut. Well, I say huge? They got a, a decent cut of uh, all rooibos sales, tea sales.
1: Oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. In the whole,
2: all over the world, they get one point five percent. It's not a whole lot, but they just—they uh, just, they oh. get to. I know it's not a whole lot, but they get to sit there and they just get the cash.
1: True, true. They don't have to do so, anything. So, and all. it's like a huge yeah.
2: Yeah. moment for Indigenous rights. Yeah, that's And really cool. Uh, I'm going to call back. This is a callback. I, I plan to call back and I'm calling back to Selena Sundachan <laughs> I love the chan. Um, in the Club Tropical episode where she had a great fact and we love facts on the Planet of nature. We do. And I'll resay her fact. So indigenous people make up less than five percent of the total human population, but they manage a whole tenure of over twenty five percent of the world's land service and they support over eighty percent of global biodiversity. Wow. So I think it's very important yeah. Yeah. that That's these Roybos people, the Sand yeah. people, have won this uh, huge that landmark one, case Yeah, hmm. on Roybos. So what in the, uh, that? South Africa. What, what's said in the world?
1: What's said, Aiden. One I mean, step forward, is It's always a good thing what's because you're going, going for the world. The world. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, it's quite yeah. nice because there's, there's been, of course, that case in Oklahoma in the last year as well with Oklahoma giving much of its land back to the tribal people. So it seems like maybe people are starting to pay attention and... Give native land back, and you're right. They they do manage it better than we do because they live off the land. They don't destroy the land like we do. It's not only that they manage it better; it's because it's where they live. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they they wouldn't be able to
1: reap any benefits from nature. Yeah, so if they respect manage the land, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're respectful and their more sustainable approaches. Because if if they didn't manage it sustainably, then they, their whole livelihood would be
0: gone. So they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't survive yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah. 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 I I'm gonna mention. A fact not about South Africa, but about somewhere else I've been, because I can't think of another time I might get to mention a tea fact on of Nature. But I once went to a tea plantation in Sri Lanka, and they grew a very, very special type of tea there. One that's only sold in Sri Lanka, and in very special tea rooms in Paris, apparently. And it's a special type of white tea called Virgin White Tea, because the tea can only be picked by virgin women using golden scissors, and they cut the tea leaves off using the golden scissors and catch it in golden bowls, and then the tea is processed. And the reason that they go through this whole process of having these women using the golden scissors and they're catching the tea leaves in the golden bowls is because apparently the sweat of the person that picks the tea leaves is supposed to impact the flavour of the tea. And this way... By using the scissors and the bowl, and it's supposed to mean that the tea leaves never touch human skin until they touch the lips of the person that's going to drink it. So it's supposed to be the purest tea in the world. Unique, my hand is unique. up. I have one question. It was delicious.
2: Yeah. Why virgins?
0: Well, that was a bit of tradition. That's actually not stuck to anymore. Mm-hmm. So when we went, it wasn't anymore. All right. Oh
1: enough. God. Enough talk about Sri Lankan tea in Argentinian whales. I think we should move back to. South Africa. I think you're one of the furthest places away from South Africa you possibly could, Elliot, this episode, but that's why I brought Aiden to bring us back on track, eh?
2: Yeah, that's why I've got a guest. A guest who knows what they're talking about.
1: So, the sociable weaver.
2: They are little birds. They're very really cute. And they create amazing nests. Incredible nests. So, they get twigs and dry grass, and they put it on top of a tree. and Actually, sometimes a telephone pole or something like that. And they create these really intricate nests with actually up to, like, 100 blocks, 100 little compartments, more than 100, with 100 families, up to 100 families, living in these big apartment block-type nests. Wow. Um, So, yeah, they're called social weeds for a good reason, I think. And these nests are, like, incredible. They're even more incredible than just 100 families living together in a nice place. They're actually climate-controlled. So... A lot of these nests are in the Kalahari Desert in South Africa and above as well. And deserts, hot, famously hot, as we know from last episode. Yes, we do. Oh, Let me back, make sure you listen. Famously hot. Um, but also, pretty cold at night time. Yes. Yeah. But the inner nests, so they when it's, when it's really cold, they go into the insides where it's warmer, climate controlled, and then when it's really hot during the day, they come to the outside. And they're sociable not just because there's a hundred families of social weaver living there, but also because they let other species in. Oh. Isn't that really kind? That's, that's yeah. So, you know, if you're really nice to a social weaver, maybe you could sneak in to one yeah. of the nests. Like nest. a giraffe? Maybe a giraffe. <laughs> if, you're, if you squeeze really tight, yeah. you could maybe sneak in to a little social weaver's nest because it's an evolutionary thing, not just because they're really kind, but... <laughs> Um, apparently they like to see,
1: uh, they like extra eyes to check for predators.
0: Oh. Oh. Yeah.
1: oh, that's clever because I guess other species, they look for predators, not necessarily mm. in the same way or at the same times that the weavers do. So it's almost like a 24 seven security system. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Wow. Oh. I've heard they don't let, they don't let fungi in though. is that? Cause there's not much room. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There was nothing in that segment. To do oh. with mushrooms. I don't. I don't. No, but the, you totally the, found it. You found it. Yeah, you found. Yeah. No. So, what are the weaver's yeah. predators then? Because I know that um, one of the main dangerous birds in South Africa that is pretty wacky is the secretary bird, which I is love the, the secretary bird. It's my favorite bird. Is it? Is it yeah. favorite bird? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's got the body of a hawk, body of an eagle almost, but the legs of a stork. So it yeah, has totally. the. You didn't
2: even realize. Body amazing. of a hawk and the
1: legs of a stork. Oh, that's actually beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>
2: No, they're amazing. They, uh, they I think, they mostly kill snakes. Though I think yeah. it's around it's a snake thing. Oh,
1: yeah. they like stamping. Pick up, yeah, pick up. They're, snakes they're, the they're and... They are stamping. They so oh, yeah. the the force that they can do with their stamping ability, which they stamp to grab the snakes, mm. could crush a human hand if your if your hand was on the ground. The stamping down force could crush all the bones in your hand. That's how aggressive they are as birds. So, it, but as you say, they're more ground-dwelling animals. No, like, stuff. they, they like wouldn't a, be able to get the weavers. No, They'd they? like a really big jump. Yeah, big yeah. jump at the kick. They have to learn yeah. kung fu. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Yeah, a bit like the uh, the crane from Kung Fu Panda. Here we come. Here comes oh, Kung yeah. Fu Panda. So off there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Set me up with the Kung Fu Panda. There we go.
2: Well, don't stomp your feet because we're on our way to the fact of.
0: Oh, I like it. A guest introducing the fact off It's new, but I like it. Fact off it is. Off, baby. So, I guess the first thing we need to answer, Cyril, is who won last week's Fact Off? Well, you'll be happy. Yes! That I won again. <laughs> no! <laughs>
1: By a big margin no! this time. Yeah. Oh, Elliot. Aiden,
0: yeah. I hope you'll start voting for me from now on. No, no, I no. will vote myself. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You lost out this week, mate. Well, it doesn't matter no. because actually, guests go first. Yep. So if you have the honour, Aiden, your fact number one, please. But it's now.
2: Okay, so my facts are a little bit themed because I am an avid listener. In nature and I know what the listeners want and listeners want poo and they want penises. <laughs> so my first fact about poo. And the most famous of poo species. What is that? That's Dung correct. Beetle. Dung beetle. Yeah. Thank you. So there's actually 800 species of dung beetle in South Africa.
1: Wow. 800 species. Whoa.
2: There's a, there's like 8,000 in the whole world, but 800 species what in South Africa. A tenth
1: within South Africa. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, right?
2: So they uh, they're great for the ecosystem. They're really good. They're like everyone loves them, really. Especially the you listeners. can't hate them. And, no, because yeah. no, they they spread poo all over the place. Yeah. Right, and I mean <laughs> who doesn't want that? Exactly. When I say that, people don't excuse me. But okay, kicked out house. When it's, yeah. when it's for the dung beetle, it's fine. I don't know, I guess it's so. whatever. But they actually have an excellent sense of smell, which I think is a little gross, uh, if you're that close to poop the whole time. Wow, okay,
1: yeah, no, I would have thought that their senses would have been you, you lessened. Think you would mute yeah. it a little bit. I Pooed, mean, if you were going to yeah. choose, you mute yeah. it a little bit. Unless but, they um, like the smell of poo.
0: Maybe, like, they hate the smell of, what do we... Like, flowers. flowers, Cookies, like, yeah. We, they, or cookies. cookies, yeah. And they're like, oh, that smells horrible, but mm.
2: poo. Poo. Um, but not only that, they love poo. They're great at poo. They're actually super strong. They can roll boos, bowls of poo 50 times their own weight. Oof. wow Right, and there's actually one... That can roll poo 1,141 times their own body weight. Ooh. it's actually the strongest animal with its own body weight ratio. Is this an individual? I think what it have is, they found. Is a species? A but, species. Just uh, one individual's been going. To but the gym I'm actually, a lot. I'm actually really sorry. I'm really sorry. Why? It's actually not native to South Africa.
0: Oh. <gasps>
2: so please ignore that last fact, but just remember about dung beetles being very strong and they love
1: smelling poop. Just like the listeners. So I'll come up from a different, different angle, a bit bigger, a bit of a bigger animal than a donkey. Warthog. So it. Uh, I think when the, I
0: was a young warthog.
1: There you go. Exactly. That's the most common. Is that a image. real song? It's
0: Hakuna Matata. Hakuna yeah,
1: Matata. So <laughs> oh, I was like, where yeah. is that from? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Please continue. What a wonderful world.
0: It's <laughs> not a lyric, I swear. That's not a lyric. What a wonderful phrase.
1: Oh, phrase. Mm. Phrase. It's a good world as well. It's a good word. It's, it's a, a wonderful world as well. It's wonderful. With. Wonderful
0: world. What a wonderful <laughs> world.
1: Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Louie. That's my fact. Done. Over to you. No. <laughs> so my first. <laughs> no, a warthog, as we all know, Pumba from the Lion King is what we'd most associate with. But they're given their name because of warts on their face or what look like warts. But they're not warts. The reason that they have these two Thick, big warts. Well, look like warts on the on the side of their faces. Is because it's exactly the position where when they're in a fight with another male, where the other male's tusks would hit their face. So the reason that they have these warts there is they're not warts. They're just really, really thick skin to protect their se- themselves the from battles. damage. The what? The battle scars.
2: No, they're not battle scars. No, they're not
1: about they're, defe- they're shields. They're shields. They're shields. Whoa. Yeah. So the reason they have their own name is not even because of a wart, just because they look like warts. They should be called shield hogs or defensive weaponry hogs. Where does hog come from then? Oh, because they look a bit like Harley Davidsons. Very good. Very quick. Yeah, we tried riding one. <laughs>
0: No warts, thick skin only. Very Ooh. nice. Right, well I'll move on to my first fact, And that is that, uh, first of all, even though you might not associate South Africa with penguins, you do in fact find the African or Cape penguin on the coasts of South Africa. That's right. Despite the fact it's not the coldest country in the world, you mm-hmm. do get South African penguins. Also known as jackass penguins. Why which I think it's quite nice. Sounds rude. And that is because oh, yeah. of, well that's because of the the apparently the braying sort of sound they make, which is apparently very similar to that of a donkey. So can you um,
2: can you imitate them?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. That was perfect. Thank so you. penguins make that noise. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how close it is, but apparently they make a sound mm. similar to a donkey. But obviously with penguins you would associate them with quite cold climates. Well, actually these particular penguins are adapted both hot and cold climates. They obviously have quite waterproof feathers. It allows them to travel at up to 12 miles per hour in a hunt in sea. I can run <laughs> faster. <laughs> oh, is it, I, I was it. I run faster than that. Yeah. Couldn't <laughs> swim. We couldn't swim. No, I couldn't swim faster, faster, than faster than that. Uh, but I did think they were going to be faster than that. To give you an idea, Michael Phelps can only swim about 4.7 miles per hour. That's so, pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic, really, in yeah. comparison to the penguins. Like it does show that actually. 12 miles per hour when hunting. It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. Three times the speed Michael, Michael Phelps. Phelps. Wow. To be honest, strip his gold medals away from him straight away. Like, mm. give it to the penguins. But as well as the waterproof... Feathers being good for swimming. They also, of course, keep the penguins warm in the sort of cold waters. But on land, when it's hot in South Africa, they actually have a special pink gland above their eye, which when the penguin is hot, they will send more blood through the pink gland. And this allows heat to escape through the blood and cool the penguin down. So they're adapted to both hot and cold weather. Nice. There you go. So you do have penguins in South Africa, and that yes. is how they're able to live there. Oh,
1: yeah. so, if, if they're adapted to hot and cold, are they adapted to average temperatures as well? Yeah, warm or lukewarm. Yeah, Perhaps. What about the middle temperatures. Oh, no, they die. Yeah. Instant die. It has to either be hot or Instant cold. Instant death. <laughs> yeah. Overwhelmed with that 15 degrees Celsius. Anyway, Aiden, time for your
0: fact number two.
2: Yes, as I said, viewers love poop, and they love penis. <laughs> So, I question to you both. How would you sex a spotted Identify hyena? Identify the sex of yes. a spotted hyena.
0: Mm, I'd look for the, the, the parts, right? I yeah. I would I
1: would have said, well, if I was... I'm never going to get close enough. Maybe the size? Wrong! Ooh. Is
2: it to do with the laugh? Both wrong. All Ooh. wrong. Disgustingly wrong. <laughs> Go on, then. Wrong. <laughs> It's impossible. It's impossible to sex a, oh. a young hyena, oh. a baby hyena. And they just literally took their DNA and did some bioinformatics. And it was horrible bioinformatics. Oh. And you worked it all out. It's really, really hard. Because, I'll tell you why, female hyenas have functional penises. Well, they're pseudopenises. they just looking... said functional penises. <laughs> so they're functional in certain ways. Oh, okay. So I'm lying to you. They're functional in the way most people use their penis, to pee. They pee oh. out of their penis. Is that why it's called the pee? That's... Nurse. Yes, exactly. Oh. Very good. From hyenas. Um, but they also use them to mount and give birth. They give birth out of their penises, okay? And also, so even more interestingly, erect penises are a sign of submission in the matriarchal society of hyenas. So yeah, it's normally a group of female hyenas. And there's one hyena, if you keep an eye out, but not too close, that doesn't have an erect penis. That is the alpha female of the group. Wow. Isn't that incredible? But when they give birth, uh, it's a bit gross, their penis kind of lose a lot of its shape because the baby gets pushed out of that. <laughs> Um, and you can kind of spot quite obvious to, to gender them after that point or sex them after that point but yeah as they grow it, gets a bit, it becomes a bit more obvious but yeah when they're live birth like instant almost impossible to tell exactly the same
1: so that, that's incredible I've got just a quick question when, when a female hyena gives birth does it, it explode? Does it I not?
0: think it's kind of like splits, splits open. <laughs> like a banana. Is sure. that what you're going to ask as well?
1: No, I was just going to say, since it becomes flaccid after giving birth and sort of gets disfigured, and it can no longer be erect, does that hyena stay the alpha female?
2: No, no, no but, okay, I think this will actually work because the alpha female that is not erect is the only one that's not erect. The only yeah. not erect,
0: sorry, you got it wrong. No, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean,
1: yeah, so... So if they were to give birth, they are chilling. They'd still be an alpha female, right? right they because could never be erect it? again because it's right. because been deformed. Mm. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. Isn't it really yeah, crazy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oof. I think all of our male listeners had a bit of a cringe to themselves whilst listening mm. to that fact. And
2: the though. female listeners with pseudo as well,
1: probably cringing as well.
0: I like it. But anyway, Sorrel, on to your second fact.
1: All right, mine's nowhere near as exciting as uh, several uses of hyena for our penis. <laughs> I, can
0: read, I can read one
2: line here, it's really gross. All right. After giving birth, the pseudo penis is stretched and loses many of its original aspects. It becomes a slack walled and reduced. Prepus with an enlarged orifice with a split lips. Oh,
0: It's the split lips that does it, isn't it? No, thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh, no, no, no. no. I, re- I reject that, please. Oh, that's awful.
1: Pseudo penis, that- that's fascinating.
0: Isn't that crazy? It's is crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's really interesting. Wow. I don't
2: think people really know why it happens. Yeah, I think there's some social evolution going on there, but what exactly the reason is, I don't think people actually know.
1: Well, I've got a fact that is more is more factual. Than like people know it. It's more like you we're not we're not wrong. We're not no we're not, no no we're not theorising about why it, you say yours is a fact, but we're not theorising about it. It's More of a language fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the rhino, but the name rhinoceros comes from Latin, of course. Because where else would it come from? Because it's a language everyone uses, and we all know Latin. Everyone
0: uses Latin. Everyone, everyone uses, uses it. Latin. Carpe diem, mate. Yeah, carpe
1: Seize diem. the day. We all know that. Yeah. Obviously, but Anyway, back to my final facts. Rhinoceros in Latin. Can you guess what it means? Let's throw it out there. Can you guess what it means? I one one like... guess. One okay, nose. I'll guess. I think
2: it's like nose nose horse.
0: Oh, I'm thinking like horn elephant. All right, honestly,
1: you guys are way closer than you realise. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it's nose, nose elephant? Nose horse and horn elephant. Yeah. It's nose horn.
0: Oh, oh, you man. guys are almost oh. like
1: together. You would have been spot on, I think, with a bit of deliberation. You guys would have been yeah, spot on, but on obviously the word shortens to rhino. But there's two species. We have the black rhino, which is actually critically endangered, and the southern white rhino as well, which exists in South Africa, which is you know is
0: vulnerable, but it's not as it's not as endangered. And they have the biggest testicles of any animal. Ado- oh no, the southern right whale, whale right, right Sorry, whale,
1: not the southern white right. Oh, yes. Yeah, close, be close. careful, but. Do you guys have any idea why they're called black and white rhinos? I would colour. because of the colour. Yeah. Okay. You would think that, right? Because it's, they're both colours. Yeah. But they're both exactly the same colour. They're both grey. Mm. There, there's no way to actually tell them apart from their colour. The reason that the white rhino is called the white rhino is because in Afrikaans, one of the major languages of South Africa, white is said to have come from the African's word, white, which means wide. Oh. Because the white rhino actually has a square-shaped mouth. So the reason it's called a white rhino it's not to do with its color at all. It's to do with how wide its mouth is. But yeah, white meaning wide. So nothing to do with the
0: color at all, which is which is quite confusing. But right, well, very good Cyril. I like it. I really do. And on to my final fact, which is for an animal that I guess you'd say is kind of similar. Like they're both quite sort of big and similar sort of shape, quite wide and fat. Hippo. You. Hippo. Oh. <laughs> No, we're under the hippo. And did you know that hippos can actually sleep underwater? And they have a reflex that actually allows them to come up to water whilst they're asleep. Come up to water? What? Come up to water. That allows them to come up from water whilst they're asleep, come up from the surface. There you go. And you found found the words?
2: I thought they were like watering plants or something.
0: (laughs) Come to to water. Get the water and out. (laughs) Quick. (laughs) My reflexes. (laughs) <laughs> they actually have a reflex that allows them to come up from below water to the surface to breathe whilst they're asleep. And then sink back down without waking up. So hippos are actually very adapted to water life. So much so, they actually prefer to give birth underwater. Humans do that. That's like a...
2: That's yeah, like it is. Yeah, no, no, water birth, very true. Then.
0: Water birth. But baby hippos actually pushed to the surface by the mother when they are born. But despite that, they can actually still breathe underwater for up to a minute in case she is a little bit too slow. The mother's not very good at it. It becomes uh, a very uh, depressing uh, sort of oh, okay. situation. But they've, got, situation. A they've, got, a they've got, a got a bit of time. They've got a bit of time. they I'm glad. But hippos don't actually swim. Despite this lifestyle that suggests that they are perfectly suited for water, they don't actually swim. They're too heavy. So what they actually do is they actually walk along the floor and then they just sort of spring up to the surface for air and then sort of sink back down again. And so, despite the fact that they are completely suited for water life, hippos don't actually swim. There That's really silly. Yeah, really silly.
1: that seems yeah. Why would you be in water if you couldn't swim? They
0: just learn. It's not that hard. Right Yeah, you, you on. spend
1: your whole life there anyway, right? Who would okay.
0: you uh, <laughs> Who would you back in a swimming race? Hippo or a South African penguin?
2: well hippos can't swim. So you just no, told me that. No, yeah. but
0: if they can get hold of the penguin before they started racing, then they'd eat it. Mm, I I reckon Michael Phelps will have them all. To be fair. Yeah, four point seven miles per hour. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, so the the hippo would eat the penguin. Yeah, and then Michael Phelps will just win the race. Yeah. either either penguin too, either hippo. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Phelps, either hippo. Either hippo. Yeah. That's yeah. very Obviously. true. He's a
1: machine. So mm. twelve easily. gold medals or something. Mm. Twelve oh, more, than 20, more than that. 26 27 twenty-seven. Twelve. Twenty-six is it? Oh,
2: you reckon? Yeah. All right, I take it all back. Right. I'm gonna have to look it up. If Michael, Michael's an avid listener actually as well, so he'll be very, uh, very. Yeah, it'd be random. rude.
0: Twenty-three. Oh, 23 gold medals I,
2: I, I apologise please don't uh, swim after me in the sea and beat me up any anyway, like hippo.
1: Michael Phelps <laughs> <laughs> but that's it yeah
0: that's all our facts
1: for this week so make sure to vote for on me. Instagram at apartment nature for we all me. know who's going to win
2: it's me Please. I really, really want to beat Elliot at his own podcast. I'll be doing it for five, five weeks in season two, and I'll be, uh, be what, five,
1: yeah. one zero. It would be, it would be, yeah, yeah one, four zero. one zero. Yeah. It'd be amazing um, if Elliot didn't win this whole
0: season. So. Oh no, I really would ask people to please ignore that and vote for me, but I already know how it's going to go. So there's no point. Yeah, please yeah. keep it up, guys. You're doing an amazing
1: job of voting. But and again, at yeah. apartment nature Instagram, you know where to go. Have you enjoyed it, Aiden? Have you enjoyed being Aiden? Oh, no, it's
2: been awful. <laughs> I've hated it every single minute. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, j- I'm joking. Obviously, it's been okay, I guess. Maybe... You got I'm through working. it. You got through I it. I got through it, yeah. yeah. You got through it.
0: And actually, i tell you what, we have learned some pretty cool facts, I think, about a country that takes up only about 1% of Earth's land surface, but is home to almost 10% of the world's known bird, fish, and plant species. Wow. So... It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool place to talk about. And six percent of mammals and reptiles. So still a lot more to talk still about. Still a lot then. more to talk about. When we so actually get some superbox in, maybe we could do a super box. Oh, that's 2. Okay, and then we'll have to get him back, won't we? We'll we'll do another one. one. But for now, thank you very much for joining us, Aiden. I've very much been enjoying my <clears throat> Bex. Bex. <laughs> super Bex. Super Bex. Super Bex. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Aiden, for joining us. Thank you yet again, Sorrel, of course. Of course then, would you like to play us out? Boom, ba-dum,
2: boom, 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 baby. Super, A super Beck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. Sleep well. <laughs> <laughs>